0: It's Unnecessary Roughness, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the
1: 215. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! Attention, air traffic control. A flock of eagles is heading to Arizona.
0: This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q
2: off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radiation Radio nine twenty, live for the Phoenix Convention Center. Radio Row. Been here all week. Gonna be here all the way till Friday. And when this show gets wrapped up on Friday, we're gonna tear everything down. Zip zip zip. Put it in the car <laughs> and be on the first thing smoking. On our way out of town, heading back to Vegas, uh, be excited to be back in in the home studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. But we're also excited to be here, and we're very thankful for the opportunity to be here. And Demond, earlier today, you uh, you caught up with a, a young man that you actually got to interview twice.
3: Yeah, like I said, the interview was so nice, he had to do it twice. Sean O'Malley, we had the meltdown. Well, it, it was the meltdown. It was not It was the it Monday wasn't, meltdown. Yeah, it was a meltdown, but, you know, we figured that out, you know, got that fixed. But, yeah, so I had to redo that Sean O'Malley interview. So, I mean, it so, was good to talk to him twice. Tell, but,
2: tell us a little about, about Sugar Sean for anyone who does not know, like me.
3: Okay, uh, the UFC – they protect their stars, their up-and-coming guys. He's the American version of Conor McGregor. Okay. He's got the tattoos. You see he's got the colorful hair. I'm sure somebody like you, you looking at him like, yo, dog, what's going on with the hair? Got the tattoos, got tattoos on his face. But, you know, he fights at 135, and he's a stand-up guy. He can box. He can like so that's exciting for the fans. Like our intern Tobias Spotted Eagle, who we had early was that late summer that we had Tobias be our intern? Yeah,
2: something like that, yeah. He
3: was like, so that's his market. Where you have a seventeen year old and that's just, oh my god, he's the GOAT, bro. He's the and I'm like, he hasn't he hasn't even won a championship yet. But you got a high schooler like Toby that's
2: he's the GOAT. Why are you so- talking Toby, man? Like why is Toby catching strays, man? Dang, tell me somewhere like why is this guy gassing me up like this, <laughs> man? Toby was like, I thought I, I thought we were homeboys. Oh, Toby
3: was great. He was a great intern.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. I could tell how well he's uh, appreciated. Man, you're dogging the mess out of my man.
3: But that's his that's his wheelhouse. You know, yeah. he does YouTube streaming. You know, you, his fans can just watch him play Call of Duty. We talked about that. So, I mean, he. He's hitting that younger fan base, you know, for the UFC. And they put, they're put they putting the rocket on his back. He's the number one contender for the championship at 135 once the uh, title fight happens.
2: Well, there you go. I like it. I like it. Toby, I'm apologizing for DeMond for shooting you with all those strays that you didn't ask for. But it's okay. But here is that conversation from earlier. DeMond Cotton and Sean Sugar Sean O'Malley.
3: Here on Unnecessary Roughness at Radio Row. Talking to my main man, Sean O'Malley. The interview's so nice that we got to do it twice. Yep. Got cut off the other day on Monday, so we back at it again, man. What's this experience like at Radio Row for you?
4: It's been good. You know, it's crazy how much uh, energy, doing just bouncing around from mm-hmm. table to table doing media and stuff. It's fun. I enjoy it. Definitely takes uh, takes a minute. I did hard training this morning, too, so I feel pretty good. A little run down, but I'm here.
3: All right, with no with no fight announcement, What's the training like? You say you just got done with a training yep. session. Nothing announced, but are you just staying ready? What, what's what was the session like today?
4: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's training in and out of camp is pretty similar. You know, the last eight weeks from a fight. You know, it it, it the training is a little bit different, but really it's all year round, pretty hard training.
3: All right, so what you walking around with right now, weight wise? Because you're not that big of a guy, but I mean, are you? Are, would you be able to take something like in two weeks if
4: needed? Uh, you know, being in my position, I'd like to think a superstar like myself wouldn't uh-huh. have to take a super short notice, you know? Okay. Uh, I would like eight weeks minimum. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm about 158 pounds right now, mm-hmm. fight at 135, so uh, I, it takes takes a while to diet down and and, uh, and make the weight.
3: So, you know, I mean, you got that new fight, you got that new deal with the UFC. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about it some more, how that came about with you getting that deal. Like, because I know that you're not in the spot. You are a superstar in the UFC, but you know, every, not everybody can just say, hey, man, I need a new deal now.
4: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really go – I didn't approach it like that. I didn't say, hey, I need a new deal. I, I asked them if, like, hey, I feel like I've earned a new contract, and, and they agreed. They, mm-hmm. they know the numbers. They see the statistics. They see the analytics. They know what I'm bringing in, the viewership, the, the money, the eyeballs. So, you know, they were gracious enough to agree that, you know, my contract wasn't up. So they were, they were, they were gracious enough to, to let me renegotiate at that time.
3: Again, we're talking to the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley here on the – here on unnecessary roughness and Radio Road 9:20 a.m. Man, we got to keep talking about this because we mentioned it a little bit before, but that's when we got cut off. We were talking about Triple C. Yep. Aljo. Yep. You think that Henry Cejudo would be the better fight? But I mean, who, who you leaning towards, Henry, right?
4: Um, if those guys fight, it's it's kind of a coin flip for me. I don't know how Henry's gonna look after the layoff. Aljo's been looking really good. He's been dealing with this little bicep this bicep injury, so mm-hmm. it's really hard to say. Um. Who I think is going to win that fight, I, I'm kind of just prepared for Aljo to say, hey, I'm not going to be able to fight. I have to figure out this bicep injury. You know, you're fighting Henry Cejudo with a with a with half a bicep. You know, you got you got to be 100% ready to go against someone like that. So I'm kind of prepared to fight uh, Henry or Aljo if he wins. Yeah, I mean, because we
3: saw that with TJ Dillashaw when he tried to take on Aljo. It was just, hey, man, that fight, you know, all the respect in the world to him. But there's nothing you can do. If you got one good arm, you're not going to make it in the UFC, man.
4: Yeah, especially against a guy that's so strong and such a good grappler like Aljo. You're not going to go out there and out-wrestle him with one uh, shoulder.
3: Yeah. All right. And again, man, so before we were talking about the legacy, it seems like you were going to the talk about, hey, you already want to be a double champ, haven't got a title fight yet, but you're already thinking about that legacy and becoming a double champ, maybe even moving up in the future.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously i got to go out there and become champ once. Yep. That, that, you got to do that first before you start talking about double champ status, but, you know, I, I get asked and I answer. Yeah, I'd like to be <laughs> double champ, so so that's that's kind of how it gets brought up. But, yeah, I understand I'm focused on, on the task at hand, and that's becoming the, the bantamweight champion of the UFC. And then eventually, when the time's right, moving up. I mean,
3: that, that bantamweight division, man, it is stacked. We know that. So who do you see if you make it past Aljo or Triple C? Who do you think that first title contender would be for you?
4: Uh, if Cheeto goes out there and and, mm-hmm. and beats Corey Sandhagen, it's it's me versus Cheeto defending my belt. Massive fight.
3: All right. Something else that I've been wanting to ask you about, man. All the all the Twitch streaming that you do on YouTube, yeah. all the stuff that you do outside of fighting, man. How important is that for you to build up your fan base?
4: Yeah, I think it's you know not only is it important to build up uh, to help you know interact with my fans, cause I, yeah, stream on YouTube, play Call of Duty, interact with them every day. Mm-hmm. But it's just something to kind of get my mind off fighting and, and get yeah. get good at something else, and and it's fun and. I've been a gamer my whole life, so it's cool to be able to have a lifestyle I can live, I can go train, I can game for a couple hours and then go back to the gym and train. but, yeah, it's, it's huge as far as interacting with the fans every day. Anybody in the world can go on YouTube when I'm gaming, mm-hmm. say what's up. I'm not going to necessarily read it, but I only have 300, you know, viewers at a time. So yeah. the chances are I, I, I might read it. People get excited <laughs> when I just say their name. So I think it's it goes a long way.
3: Again, we're talking to Sean O'Malley on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, man, you talked about the YouTube and then, like, got to do something to get your mind off a of fighting. what else do you like to do in your downtime in between the fights? Um...
4: You know, I have a little daughter, two-year-old princess, so that keeps me busy. But but really, my life revolves around gaming, training, and, and recovery. You know, the, the sound of the hot tub, the cold plunge, just recovering every day for, from the the day's work. So game, train, and being a dad is, is a full time. That's, that that takes up my days.
3: And you got the brand here. I see you got the Sugar merch on. Yep, yep. Now, how good is the website doing, man? Because I know that you've got the site as well, like the Sugar merch, man. Yep. Are fans clamoring for more?
4: Sugarshop.co. Yes, sir. They are. They are indeed. Uh, the brown sugar merch that I'm wearing right now, you know, sold off the shelves. It went crazy. So we're actually going <laughs> to re- restock it. We're going to add a little beanie that I'm rocking with some socks. And, uh, yeah, the sugar merch has been doing really well. It's something I've been passionate about since I was 16, 17 years old. Kickboxing back in Montana coming up with really horrible designs. But still, <laughs> like, you know, it was, you got to start somewhere. So I've been doing the merch game for a long time. It's a fashion brand. It's a clothing brand. I don't even like really calling it merch as much as, okay, as okay. a clothing brand. So so
3: it's like so the clothing thing, you talking about other stuff to get your mind off. So is this something that you're also passionate about? Designing, I mean creating your own clothing?
4: Yeah, yeah. My wife Danny and I, we we come up with the designs. Uh, Killer Merch who I work with in, in LA, they're the ones that kinda do all the all the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can kinda come up with the designs and promote it and yeah, you know, it's it's uh it's a fun venture.
3: All right, man, thank you for your time today, guys. Once again this was the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley joining me here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio. Thank you for your time today, man. Yes, sir.
2: There he goes right there. Appreciate that. And uh, didn't realize that we had it in the system. Recorded earlier today. Didn't realize we had it in the system and it wasn't queued up. But, hey, you know, things happen. I know what is queued up, but that was a good interview. You did a good job. and Thank We you. do appreciate that. I know what is queued up, and uh, I think this guy is actually the one who started the whole avalanche. It's our guy, Peter Bukowski, <laughs> host of Locked On Packers. Does a fantastic job on everything. But, uh Man, I don't this, apologize. No, no. this, this <laughs> whole this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, I feel like the whole conversation about Aaron Rodgers being a potential Raider quarterback really got some juice after you came on the show a couple of weeks ago and talked about it was a it was a possibility.
1: Yeah, we were laughing about this the other day, Q, because you had me on thinking that that like there you go. We were. I was gonna say no. Yeah. Like yeah. But then I was like, no, no, I think this is real. Like, this could happen. And what's so funny about that is after we had that conversation. Then I started to hear from people that were like, yo, I'm hearing about X, Y, and Z, and the Raiders are in on this, and Aaron Rodgers could be into it. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now. And it's just really interesting the way that these pieces have all unfolded because Brady was the big domino, right? Yeah. Like, everyone assumed, and it was widely reported by, like, the big-time newsbreakers, right? Ian Rapport, Tom Pelizzaro, they're saying Tom Brady is the favorite in Las Vegas. Yeah. I assume you thought that would be the case. Right. I thought that would be the case. Yep. But a couple days before or a couple days before Tom Brady retires, I start hearing, yeah, the Raiders aren't sure Tom Brady's coming. And I was like, "What?" Yeah. Everyone assumes that's that that's happening. That's done, I thought. Yeah. And then when Tom Brady retires, I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so there was something here. The Raiders knew something at that time that mm-hmm. Brady was not. They either knew he wasn't all in or whatever it was, but they had an inkling that he was not going to play for them. And so, then that really started to get my 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 juices flowing. My, yeah. you know the the gears were starting to to really turn, and and it's only gained steam since then. This is this is crazy. You came on you came on Locked On Sports today, and we're like, I can't go anywhere without people asking me right. about it. Everyone. And immediately when we, f- when we finished that, I ran into Arash Markazi and he goes, Where's Aaron Rodgers going? Is he, is he me a Raider? Like, as soon as we finished that. Exactly. The that's what I'm saying. It's wild, man. It's wild. Like, that is really the
2: conversation. I know it takes a lot to get it done. We've talked about the financials behind it, but it's a real possibility. It's, it's, it seems like it, it, it could really happen. It and seems like it's, you know. it's
1: going to be the app. What is the appetite of Las Vegas to make a deal? Because mm-hmm. they're going to be competing with at least New York. Right. And so then it's, okay, who has more draft capital? Well, the Raiders have a top-ten pick. Yeah. The Jets don't. The Jets have the 13th pick. And the Raiders also have a player that the Packers have highly, highly coveted, Darren Waller, who, yeah, theoretically Aaron Rodgers would like to play with Darren Waller, but mm-hmm. it's more important that Devontae Adams is in right. uh, Las Vegas, which he is going to be. And so if you give up Darren Waller, that's a player who was almost a Packer at the trade deadline. hmm and then almost in the Devontae Adams trade before both sides realized they couldn't trade Darren Waller <laughs> in that Devontae Adams trade. And so that's when the Packers settled on that second-round pick. So that that's a, an interesting wrinkle in all this, that the Raiders, not only do they have a player that the Packers have highly coveted, but they have the more premium asset at the top of the draft. And if they want to do that, if they want to go all in, they can probably present the most compelling package of almost any team mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers. What
2: do you think about... Wanting to or trading him where he wants to go, because they don't have to. They could trade him anywhere. You know, where what fits the organization best. But you know, I feel like that they. I feel like that they would. You know, want to go trade him where he wants to go.
1: My understanding is that they have already had these discussions. Mm-hmm. Not that that he has said I'd like to go, but that he has said if we, if you decide, or if we decide, whatever that conversation was like, and I don't pretend to know the details. But my understanding of the conversations is that they they did discuss where he might theoretically want to go right okay and my understanding of that as well is that it wouldn't be to any team that the packers would be annoyed about Mm -hmm. he has a a, a small list um and it sounds like the raiders and the jets are two of those teams i I can't i can't speak to any other teams that might be interested those are the two that i have heard the most
3: so when it comes to, hey, the, there's interest from these other teams, and we all know that, how receptive are the Packers to bringing him back? Is it more of Aaron Rodgers wants to go? If he says, hey, guys, I'm out of my darkness retreat, and I've seen the light, and the light is back in Green Bay, would they say, hey, Aaron, we're glad that you're ready to come back? Or are they ready to get rid of him as well?
1: A darkness retreat sounds like something Raider fans would do, something the black hole does <laughs> right, to get right. ready for the season. Everyone has, the said, everyone has said that. That is funny. And so – uh, you know, I, I do think there is a, a willingness. I think there is a scenario where this could happen. But I think it's the kind of situation where it's like a relationship that you're in. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you have a lot of history. You don't really want to be single. But you kind of know that this has run its course. But you also don't want to be the one to break up. and But you also don't want to be rejected, right? You don't want them <laughs> to be the one to break up either. Right. So I think that they're they're playing a little bit of a game of chicken, which is fine. I I think there are certain circumstances, I think the Packers have laid out a scenario that says, we want you back, but we're not going to give you X, Y, and Z. We're not going to, you know, like, Al Nazard, sorry, we're not going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Big Bob Tunyon, sorry, we're not going to pay for that. But if you want to come back under under our, you know, uh, parameters, that works. And I think Rodgers senses that, to him, that means they want to go young. They want to go young players. They want to go draft, and to him, that could signal, all right. They they want Jordan Love, and that might be the the inciting um, push that he needs to say, okay, I'm out. Let's go. Like you guys, clearly you guys, you know, it'd be like if in this romantic example, right? It's like, all right, clearly you want to see other people, and you're putting it on them. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't say. I didn't say well, well, how did that. But but I, just like the picture, right? <laughs> Devonte's is texting me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, he's in my DMs, that's um, funny. and so I think that I think that there is, uh, I think both sides could could make it work. I don't think that is what either side truly, truly, truly wants. Hmm. And so I think that's ultimately. I think last year was the. Okay, we got it. Like we mm-hmm. just moved in together. Right. I don't want to pay rent. I you know we I don't want to have a roommate. So we're gonna stay together for a year. I think now it's all right, I can I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe it's I, time to bounce. Maybe I <laughs> or maybe it's time for you to bounce. Right.
3: Alright, keeping it with the with the relationship type analogy. Let's do it. How in love are they with Jordan Love?
1: So I think um, I think the answer to that has changed a lot over the last year and a half. I, I don't think they were enamored with Jordan Love. I think you know when when they when you hear you hear Packer fans say this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the Packers thought Jordan Love was good, they would not have paid Aaron Rodgers last year the contract that they paid him. I don't think that's right. true because the back-to-back MVP, no one is not paying that guy. It's really easy to sit here now and say, oh, they shouldn't have paid him. Yeah, because you saw him play not like Aaron Rodgers last year. Right. If he had played like 2020, 2021 Aaron Rodgers, no one would be saying they shouldn't have paid him that contract. That's ridiculous. But I think um, since then, You've seen Jordan Love in preseason games take meaningful steps forward, played really well against the Saints. Um, and then in, in his extended action against the Eagles, looked really strong. And so this season, what you saw, and, and there was a, a super cut of all the Jordan Love um, passes from the season. He played in a handful of games. And what's really interesting is they're all back foot, ball out throw. And so it's, he's playing in rhythm. He's, he's running the offense. Mm-hmm. Which is something that Aaron Rodgers has been a little want, you know, loath to do. He wants to he wants to run his offense. He wants to do it his way. He wants to hold the ball and try and take the shots down the field, even if that's not the way that the play is designed. And so, um, I think they they're really happy with where Jordan Love is right this minute. But I also think there's a little bit of a disconnect between what the coach wants and what the GM wants. I think if Brian Gutekunst got to decide, Jordan Love would already be the quarterback. Mm. But Matt Lafleur has been on Aaron Rodgers' side, right. even though Matt Lafleur was a big fan of Jordan Love's in college. No one did more work on Jordan Love than the Packers, and that started with Matt Lafleur, interestingly. And so I think Matt Lafleur likes Jordan Love, but he was more on Team Rodgers over the last two off seasons. And so I think there's not um, organizational agreement on the best path forward here.
2: Well, we'll wrap up with this, and we're talking to Peter Pikowski, Locked On Packers, talking all things Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a MVP season last year. Mm. There's many reasons for that, but how much do you think he has left in the tank? Do, do you think that that's going to be something that if if the Raiders were to trade for Aaron Rodgers, they're going to get that version, or are they going to get a closer version
1: to an MVP? Well, if you look at the the start of the season, mm. he was playing much better to start the year than than once he got hurt. He he breaks the hand, spiral fracture in his thumb, really painful injury. Probably, honestly, should have sat. Mm. He should have missed three, four weeks right. and let Jordan Love do his thing. And I think he gutted through it because he knew that this might be it. Mm-hmm. And so he was not going to go down like that and he wasn't going to go down with Jordan Love losing games when he wants to make the playoffs. It ended up, ironically, being the worst thing for the season. right? Um, because I do think some of those games, they win if Jordan Love is the quarterback. Um, so the injuries were a big factor. I also think it's it's a continuity thing. Noah, he is such a continuity quarterback. Mm-hmm. Where if you look back, yes, he's had good receivers. But like Jordy Nelson... He made Jordy Nelson so much better than Jordy Nelson was. Jordy Nelson was incredibly cerebral. He had terrific body control. But for a lot of the end of his career, he he couldn't move the same way. You guys saw it the last year with the Raiders. He was still a productive player, but he wasn't special. Aaron Rodgers, because of their connectivity, made him special. And I think with Devontae Adams, all of a sudden you could tap into a lot of that stuff because it's just, you know, all the stuff that, that... Raiders fans had to be sold on with the Carr-Adams connection. Like, yeah. oh, no, no, they played in college, you know, 10 years ago. It's Ooh, right. not the same. Right, These guys were just doing this. Exactly, And I think that that would unlock a different level that Aaron Rodgers probably couldn't even get to in Green Bay. Precisely because Devontae Adams isn't there.
2: Right. Well, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. You never have a, a lack of content, do you? No.
1: Aaron, Aaron, Rodgers <laughs> sure, Aaron Rodgers makes sure that that's not the case. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's always something going on with the Raiders as well. You know, it's always uh, keeping us busy, keeping us active, and that's why we uh, do what we do. And so, you know, it's always good times. Well, what do you got coming out, man? Locked on Packers? I know you're writing too. I mean, what all you got? <laughs> working yeah.
1: On? Uh, the, the leap.substack.com is, is the newsletter. Go check it out. It's free every Monday. Um, definitely tracking all the stuff that Aaron Rodgers has going on. Locked on Packers. Is the podcast available wherever you get podcasts? Locked on Sports today. If you're not a Packers fan, that's fine. Probably not. Um, but all all sports. Yeah, it's um, like I said. Q is just on it. So we got Radio Row. We've got some great stuff here. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, Cam Smith, South Carolina. Yeah, uh, we got some really good stuff. Carson Palmer is going to be on the show tomorrow. So. Um, a lot of really cool stuff coming up uh, on the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: Love it, man. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you as always. It's Peter Bukowski here with us live in Phoenix. We're at the Convention Center. It's Radio Row. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: UNLV Athletics landed a record 73 student-athletes on the Fall 2022 Academic All-Mountain West team. And tonight, up in Laramie, Wyoming, the UNLV Running Rebels will take on the Cowboys. Tip-off set for just after 7.30.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow
1: in the 215.
2: You've already heard our conversation with Hall of Famer James Lofton. You've heard our conversation with Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen Show. Rachel Joy Barbo, really good conversation I had with her yesterday. You heard that. My man Damon had an opportunity to catch up with Sugar Sean O'Malley. Heard that conversation. Mike Gill from 97.3 ESPN, he joined us a little while ago. We have Peter Bukowski just on, talking all things Aaron Rodgers. He's from Locked On Packers. Elisa Hernandez works for the NFL Network. She was on with us. We had a lot of guests already. We got more. We got more. <laughs> Please believe we have more. And uh, excited about it, man. Excited about uh, all, all the all the great guests that we have, all the great interviews that we've been ever able to have, and, and the ones that we're going to continue to have uh, throughout the course of the week. Again, many thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas off the 215 for helping us get here. Spearmint Rhino, want to shout them out. You can check out the big game there. Go on by and check them out. Tell them Q sent you. They don't know who I am, but that's okay. <laughs> They'll be like, who? Oh, man, Q said I can come on over here and check out the game. Nah, but definitely appreciate them for uh, being sponsors and getting us here. Not only us, but uh, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, as well. Earlier today we had an opportunity to catch up with Jeffrey Chidia from the NFL Network as well. Talked all things, well, all things NFL, all things Super Bowl 57. Talked a little Raiders with them. Here's that conversation. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We are in Phoenix, Arizona. The Phoenix Convention Center. Super Bowl 57 is going down. We're on Radio Row, and we're joined right now at the table by Jeffrey Chadia from uh, the NFL Network. It has
0: been a minute. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself?
2: Fantastic. It's always good to, to see you, and it's always good to be here on Radio Row and have the opportunity. Uh, it, it's, you know, last year we were in L.A., and this year we we're in Phoenix, but it's just, it's it feels like a big family reunion when you get to see everyone again.
0: <laughs> it does. It's like a big convention. And yeah. You know, I came out here on Monday, and it was really empty. It was about 20% finished. Right, I was a little bit depressed by that. I was like, man, I hope more people show up. So coming back here now, seeing the banner, I had subconsciously put on my right. shirt. Right. You knew what and was you
2: know. going on. <laughs>
0: and I was like, how of a sudden, the first one I'm doing, See represent for you guys.
2: well, and it's funny because you you know you're in Kansas City all the time, you know you're in your in you're covering the Chiefs all the time, but then you're rocking you're rocking the yeah. silver and black today. I have
0: no red in my closet. Wow, I know red Friday is a big thing there. Yeah, the Chiefs play. They yeah, buy, and I, people always ask me, why don't you wear a red? One, I'm not a Chiefs right. fan. I'm not like rooting for you guys. But two, I don't have any red in my closet. I went to Michigan. Right. So red to me is like you just can't put that stuff on. Well, you,
2: you know what's funny is, and Raider fans get mad at me because I always I'll wear a red polo. Oh, really? You know, like like Tiger Woods, okay. and, and that's what got me going is Tiger Woods wearing the red polo. So any day I'm trying to make a, a point or statement <laughs> or maybe I am have a little edge, all of a sudden they're like, uh-oh, it's a red polo day. So when I walk in the building, they're like, oh, Q's wearing a red polo. Yeah,
0: oh, boy.
2: Look out, everyone. There know. Yeah, there's trouble troubles on the horizon, but Raider Nation gets mad because they're like, Wait, how are you wearing red? Yeah. It's supposed to be silver and black. And I was like, no, I'm just... It's one of those days. <laughs> one of those days, yeah. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I'm feeling it myself. Exactly, exactly. So I, I have to set the edge okay. with that uh, red polo. Again, we're here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Radio 920 with Jeffrey Chadia. I got my man, Damon, with you. Go ahead, Damon.
3: All right, ahead, man. Bro. I want to talk about the big game already. I want mean, I <laughs> to wanted, get into it. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. He's he's ready. All right, hey, man. This is my first radio roast, so I mean, I got to make the most of this opportunity. Okay. You're talking about Monday and how people went around. What do you think about the Wednesday crowd?
0: Oh, it's real now. You know, when you walk in <laughs> here and you see people selling their stuff, everybody's yeah. doing commerce, everybody's yep. got their little banner, their little hat, their little thing going. So now it feels more like Super Bowl week to me. Yeah, I'm starting to, I'm starting to
3: see what everybody was talking about. I'm yeah. believing the hype now
0: that I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> they roll through, trust me.
3: So, man, Sunday the game, Chiefs, Eagles, I know we covered the Chiefs a lot. But, Patrick Mahomes, what do you think that ankle's going to be at? Because I think that Jalen Hurts, we don't know if he's a fully 100%. And people yeah. aren't talking about that enough. Who do you think is going to be the more healthy quarterback going into Sunday?
0: You know it's hard to know because, like you said, with Jalen Hurts, we don't even know the severity of that sprain. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Mahomes, we know what a high ankle sprain is, but I, I don't think he's going to be close to 100%. Right. I think probably 80% would be the best you could hope for, knowing what the prognosis is for those kind of you know ailments. Four to six weeks. You saw him in the AFC Championship game. He certainly looked like he was in pain at times, jumping up and down, hobbled. Uh, he'll be he'll play great. I mean, he'll be Patrick Mahomes, but that little whatever it is, 15%, 20% that he's not there, that's where I wonder if the Eagles can really get after him.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And that, that defense from the Eagles has been incredible, right? I mean, they in the regular season, 70 sacks. right? It's, it's very rare that that ever happens. Four guys in double-digit sacks. How do you think they attack Mahomes? I thought the Bengals didn't attack him the right way. I, I, I thought they didn't attack him enough, I should say.
0: I agree. I mean, they, they don't have the same level of pass rushers. Yeah. I think they have a really good defense, but up front, they don't have that kind of talent that the Eagles have. So, I think they're going to sit back, rush four, Mm -hmm. every down. Right. right? Because they're that good. Mm -hmm. And you guys know this. I mean, its I agree. The Eagles have not seen a quarterback of Mahomes caliber right? all year. The best they've seen is Dak and Aaron Rodgers. Flip side of it, the Chiefs haven't seen a pass rush like this in a long time. Yeah. And I remember when the Raiders played the Chiefs the first time and Crosby and Jones would come off the edge. Yep. And it was a problem. Yeah. And I remember when Von Miller was healthy and they played the Chiefs, he was coming off the edge. It was a problem. They're good up front, the Chiefs. But Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley are not great offensive tackles. They're very vulnerable. So I think that you're going to see the Eagles really go after them. And wide nine. Yeah. We're coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing it. Can you deal with it?
2: Right, go right. It. No doubt. And on the flip side, Jalen Hurts, I, I've been a fan of him when he was in Alabama, when he went to Oklahoma. I mean, he's a, he's a Texas kid. I mean, I, I've been a fan of his for a long time. He's just matured so much from when he was in college to now. What have you seen from him as far as just, you know, maturity and the way he's progressed in his NFL career?
0: Well, I got a chance to spend time with him earlier this year when they were like 4 or 5-0, and and it really impressed me. You bring up the things he's gone through.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: It's just resolve, man. I mean, he just really has a a sense of calm, a sense of peace, a sense of of, of commitment that is rare to find in young quarterbacks. And I I always try to preface this by saying I'm not trying to say he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback or he's going to be Tom Brady but he approaches the game the way Tom Brady approached it starting mm-hmm. his career, which was, you know, he had Tom Brady, had tough times in college, couldn't take anything for granted, had to work for a lot. Every day Jalen Hurts is playing, he's trying to prove he belongs. Right. Every day he plays, he didn't take it for granted. Right. And so that, he's not Patrick in terms of talent, Mahomes. But in terms of the intangible stuff, the will, the resolve, the, the leadership, like he brings all that to the Eagles.
2: He really does. And he was asked on opening night, or and he wasn't asked. A reporter told him, I, I bet against you. I said that the Eagles wouldn't go to the Super Bowl with you as a quarterback. And he said, you weren't the only one. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right?
0: right. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but that's how cool is that, yeah, right? Yeah. And he said it matter-of-factly, too. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know you guys are all out there thinking, right. I can't do this. I mean, I, in a way – it's a great Super Bowl because there's so many storylines mm-hmm. and the quarterbacks have their own. You know, Mahomes, obviously, winning two would be huge and with his ankle. But I, I do root for Jalen Hurts. I do. To get this dual-threat quarterback, you know, they can't win a championship narrative right. off off everybody's back. Right. What that really means is black quarterbacks mm-hmm. who play this way can't do it. And there's so many quarterbacks with Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields now that are, have faced this stigma. And so I, I do – Hope he gets that championship, and he's able to prove once again. One more thing, he has to prove to people. Right? Don't count me out. You know,
2: if, if anyone's going to do it, it'd be him. I mean, yeah. he's, he's the guy has proved it time and time again that he can do it and and be ready for the moment. You mentioned the black quarterbacks. Do you think with them being on the highest stage right now and competing against each other, does that open the door? Does that kind of, you know? I mean, I know it's it's a tough it's a tough hill to climb, but
0: yeah. I, th- I think I think the door's been open. I think what changes now, and you're already seeing it. In different parts of the league I think it's it's okay to be a, a guy who maybe has to run a little bit early to get figure things out mm-hmm. I think you're seeing more coaches saying hey let's not turn this guy into Peyton Manning or Tom Brady but let's look at what he does well let's utilize that give him some confidence and then see where it goes and it's not just black quarterback I mean you've seen it with Josh Allen too, yeah a similar kind of yeah. athletic quarterback and so yeah I think you have seen what Chicago did with Justin Fields mm-hmm. what Baltimore has done with with Lamar what Arizona has, has done with Kyler the last three. They, they found a way to make sure the offense works for what they want to do. And right. so I give Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, credit, because last year it was we're going to run the ball like crazy to win, and now it's we're going to be more versatile and more dynamic. And obviously Jalen Hurts has prospered because of it.
3: Right. And how good has that offensive line been for the Eagles to allow Jalen Hurts and that run game because he's got some good backs behind him too. Yep. But how good is that offensive line because I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to get home the way they have this season.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, a physical, smart. Intense. Uh, you know, they got two guys who are going to be Hall of Famers, and, and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Jackson's a little bit banged up with that groin, but ultimately, you've seen this that that front dominate some great defenses. You know, I, I was watching uh, cutups of the uh, Niners game, from the AFC Championship game, and as you just saw, mm-hmm. you know, resetting the line of scrimmage, ball stepped at the forty-yard line. By the time the court, running back has the ball, right, <laughs> mm-hmm. defense moved five yards down the field. It's just they are that good, and what they do is so. It fits so well with Jalen's skill set because he can be a design runner. He can do things with you in that part of the game as well.
3: You mentioned watching the film. Did you see the uh, co- not a little bit of an internet controversy with Lane Johnson? How he almost seems that that he false starts on every play. Yeah. They, all do, yeah. they, they all do it. They all do it. I call it every that. game. I'm like, <laughs> that was false start. <laughs> did you yeah. see
0: that? Oh, yeah. is, he, is he just that good,
3: or do people got a real grape?
0: Uh, I think there. I think it's like he's. I think it's like he's too saying. I think there's a little bit of both. You can call if you want to, but once it becomes part <laughs> yeah. of your, it's like in basketball. It's yeah. Like once you got to move and to right. travel, they keep g- giving it to you because you do it consistently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah but he's I think he's he's doing that because he is favoring that groin injury that abductor that torn abductor he's got to get back a little faster. Luckily for him in this game he's not going to see the kind of speed that, you know, off the edge with Carl Loftus or Frank Clark that he would see against Nick P- Hey he stopped Nick Bosa. Right. Doing that. <laughs> yeah. So it worked out.
2: It worked out real good. Real good. Again, Jeffrey Jadia from the NFL Network is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Let's bring it back home. Let's bring it back to the Raiders. Uh, obviously, there's a, a quarterback situation in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Derek Carr, he's, he's going to go visit the Saints, so he's, he's on his way out. What do you think the best bet for the Raiders, Josh McDaniels and company, would be to do with the quarterback position?
0: Well, there's going to be quarterbacks in the marketplace, and so it depends on what you want to do, how you want to play. Um, you know, obviously, everybody was connecting the dots to Tom Brady for yeah. a long time until he shut that down. Now it gets a little more interesting. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is an intriguing player out there. You've got... You know, the Colts are going to be in the mix for him. The Jets are going to be in the mix. I, I, I'm not sure yet. I'm okay. not sure. I don't know if they want to go with something. that. Cause I, I think Josh McDaniels is the kind of coach. I don't think he's looking to have a superstar come in and, and run the offense, unless it's Tom Brady. Right. But, so no Aaron
2: Rodgers? I, I just think. Because that's the hot topic on yeah, Radio Row this week. <laughs> I, I hear it, but
0: it just seems like the math, like right. the salary cap implications are right. so great. Yeah. Do you, do you want to have – Devontae and him, talent wise, it's great, but then you just can't go out and get the rest of your team. Right. right? Or you have to lose some guys. Right. right. And so I think it sounds great when you're talking about it, but when you're actually doing the math mm-hmm. and trying to make sense of it, and just knowing what I look at what did Denver give up to get Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. That's the starting point for That's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right. And so you're talking about picks, you're talking about players, and do you, do you want that for a quarterback who's only going to be around for maybe a couple more years? That, right. that to me is a big question.
3: You talk about the spending. How much do you think they need to spend this offseason on some defensive players to improve it or maybe just try to find a couple of guys in the draft? Because I think they need to spend a lot, but I'm going to let you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, they, they have to get better on defense. I mean, that, there's no question about it because you know what they're facing in this in this division. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know that's been a weak point and no matter how good you are offensively. Mm-hmm. And they obviously, again, play the Chiefs, you saw what they could do offensively, but that first game they lose it because they couldn't stop the Chiefs. At 30 to right. 29. And yeah. You, and so you can't win games like that in this league consistently in this conference with the quarterbacks you have to face. If you want to get to the mountaintop of the AFC, you got to go through Mahomes yeah. and Herbert. And I think, I didn't even think Russell Wilson will have something left with Sean Payton. Yeah. But then you got to go through Trevor Lawrence and you got mm-hmm. to go through Joe Burrow and you got to go through Josh Allen. It's just too many guys. The AFC is a dog. Yeah. It's too many guys. Yeah. yeah. And so even the Chiefs even learned that as well, where they said, okay, wait to have Tyreek Hill, electric player. Mm hmm. We got to be better on defense, right? Because there's, it's too hard for us. That's they're here because of their defense.
2: No, no doubt, no doubt. And a lot of people don't think about that because they have 15. But yep. you're right. The, the defense, the defense is a, is a huge factor for the for the Chiefs. We'll close it out with this. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. Uh, he's a free agent. You know they, they declined his fifth year option. I believe they're going to bring him back. But what's the market look like? He said he wants to be back, but it's got to make sense to him. So.
0: Yeah, he'll, well, have, he'll have a market. You yeah. know, I think he and Saquon Barkley are in the same boat where mm-hmm. it's just they're playing a position that people typically get nervous about paying running backs big right. money, but they are so good in terms of what they bring to an offense, and I look at what Jonathan Taylor has been in, with the Colts, mm-hmm. what Derrick Henry does in Tennessee. They have they can be three down backs. They can help you in the pass game, in the run game, and they've been dominant. Right. So you can't have enough playmakers like that. I, I, I agree with you. I think he will have suitors, but I also think that you know, the Raiders have been a good place for them this past year because of the offense they run and being able to play off Devontae.
2: No doubt. No doubt. It's going to be interesting. This is going to be a heck of an offseason. I mean, like the uh, NFL never sleeps, right?
0: It's always interesting. As bro. we always know. <laughs> always interesting.
2: Well, what else you got going on? What, what do we need to look uh, out, um, bro, be able to look out for?
0: I'm finishing up a story right now about the Chiefs and the way they rebuilt their supporting cast that's okay. going to run tomorrow. Um, I did a story earlier this week on Patrick Mahomes with his maturation, some of the, the subtle things he's done this year that he wasn't doing years before to make him... Make him great, and then I'm just going to the game, man, and getting, getting out of here.
2: It's a good life. It's a good yeah. life. We're, we're, yeah. we're blessed to have the opportunity to do what we do on the daily. But, Jeffrey, thank you so much for your time. It's always great catching okay. up with you. Thank
0: you so much. Always good to see you guys.
2: There he goes, Jeffrey Chadia from the NFL Network. Myself and DeMond had an opportunity to catch up with him earlier today. Fun conversation uh, with Jeffrey. So, yeah, man, this is just how the party rolls, right? Fantastic day. Still have a few minutes left. We'll take a quick break. Come back, close out the show. This is Red Nation Radio, 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215.
2: All roughness is necessary. And on uh, this Wednesday here at the Phoenix Convention Center, Radio Row, preparing for Super Bowl 57. I think the crew got roughed up a little bit today. I think the crew took one on the chin today. Daman, you doing okay over there? I'm doing fine. (laughs) Little... Hey man, it, this this is how the game goes, man. Some days you have great days, and I think we've had a fantastic day. But sometimes the no's and the way that you get told no are, you know, they're a little, you know, they're a little, they're a little deflating at times. You
3: know what was real deflating for me? I was in my head too much with Rich Eisen, such a big fan. Meeting him in person, I left that. When Rich Eisen left, I was like, you
2: blew it. And he's probably like, what you, question did you ask cuz I heard you say that you asked him a dumb question you thought I asked about him it. about
3: his setup, man. I don't know why I just thought it was stupid. Why are you asking him about that, man? I I don't know. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: just, you know That's he,
5: what you're worried about? Yeah.
3: You know cuz he's got the cool setup with the fan experience, you know, I don't know. It's like he doesn't want to talk about his set, man. He didn't design it.
2: What did the answer? I'm trying to remember what the answer was. What, like, oh, I got some cactus. He told me to come by, check it out. Well, there you go. See, that's a good. That's a good segue. <laughs> that's a good preview. It's a. It's a. It's a tease. See, he's great. You know, he's richizing. That's funny. Cooler than
3: the other side of the pillow. There you go. You know what it was? He gave you a look like midway through, and I think he looked at you. I interpreted it as a
2: this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I thought. I thought. I, I thought you did a good job. I'm not mad at you. I thought it was the you intern
3: good. asking me questions? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's funny. I thought you did a good job. Uh, Rich was fun to have on this show. Well, I had an opportunity to catch up with uh, Randy Grimes. He's a guy who went to Baylor. Uh, I've, I've had uh, I think I've talked to him every single year I've been on Radio Row, but I was I, I first met him. Uh, because of my you know because I was covering Baylor and he was a Baylor guy so uh, he's from Texas but he he always has a good message and so the message that he had this time wasn't the same one that he always has. Uh, he actually had uh, someone else with him that had a hell of a testimony. So here's that conversation from uh, matter of fact yesterday with Randy Grimes. Back here on Radio Row, Phoenix Convention Center, Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Got an opportunity to talk to my buddy. I like to just call him my buddy. It's That's Randy right. Grimes. every year. How you doing, Randy? I'm good.
5: I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you. I'm just glad we all made it back another year. Man, isn't that a blessing? It seems like just yesterday we were in L.A.
2: Right, exactly. Just every single year, flies by, flies by, the next year you'll be in uh, in my city. Uh, Vegas, right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm ready right now for that one. Man, I think we all are. It's been kind of the talk of, the, of Radio Row so far is, yeah, this is going to be fun, but wait till next year. I wonder yeah. where
5: it's going to be. Is it going to be downtown
2: convention it's, center? I probably? think I think it's either how Mandalay Bay. Centers? Right, there's oh, about five hundred of them. It feels like they're all over the place. Mandalay so. Bay. I that think would be so. Awesome. Well, it's closer to the stadium. Yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense. It's easy to walk to, and yeah. you know
5: how it is. If you can get boom, 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 you're good. Hey, you know, I was doing a conference out there uh, about six, seven months ago, but I had the opportunity to do a tour of uh, Allegiant Field, yeah, man, man it's isn't so that, cool. Isn't that awesome? Uh, when there's nobody in there and right. they're taking you through how all the, uh, the, the field works and all that, man, it's just a, it's such a cool deal. As a long-time football Stadium player. Stadium technology's coming come I'm a long way, I to say, way, as a long-time football player, how from, is that? From the Astrodome? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Where they just laid some green carpet on top of concrete? Yeah, right, right. Just say,
2: go at it, right? Right, go, go at it. Make it happen. Randy Grimes is with us. and Randy, you brought some, you brought your friend with you. Yeah, let, let us know. Scott He's How got you a
5: doing, great Scott? story. Good. Tell us about your
6: story, Scott. Well, my story is uh, my son was a six foot nine, 300-pound high school football player getting ready to go play college football. Yeah. And he took a nap one day and didn't wake up. Oh, Sud- wow. Sudden cardiac arrest. Yeah. And uh, so we started a foundation. Uh, these kids work their hearts so hard mm-hmm. uh, that we started a foundation that goes and does uh, ECGs anywhere in the state of Texas, and I'm encouraging every state to pass Cody's Law. Yeah, Cody's Law is that uh, when you get a student physical, you can opt in for an ECG. Uh, the the current sports physicals miss about 80% of the underlying issues that can cause sudden cardiac arrest, and by adding a $20 ECG test, five minutes. We can go. We can take that to catching eighty-six percent of them. Wow! It's not a perfect test, but it's pretty close. It's,
2: hey, you know what? Eighty-six is is is, mm-hmm. is well
6: above passing. That's well above twenty. That's <laughs> right. right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You know, this really hits close to home because we just had a young lady in Las Vegas, sixteen years old, girl flag football player, uh, had cardiac arrest, and passed away, at sixteen years old. So no. yeah, was that recent? Yeah, it was. It was right after the Damar Hamlin situation 16 happened. Sixteen years old. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, we so. just
6: got to get to where it's standard of care. Where right. It, where When they get a sports physical, they Mm -hmm. get an ECG.
2: Right. And and the thing is, you know, I mentioned DeMar Hamlin. I mean, that situation happened. We all saw it on the big stage Mm -hmm. on Monday Night Football. And so we all were affected by it. I mean, I I remember being emotional about it. But these kids, they don't have the same doctors. They don't have everyone on site. They don't have all the medical facilities in the stadium like these pro stadiums, like Allegiant Mm -hmm. Stadium, like you mentioned, Randy. I mean, they don't have that. But the
5: the
6: simple, inexpensive tests, though, could determine so much. Right. We've got to catch it before it happens. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Right. Uh, you have When it happens, you have six minutes or they're gone. Wow. Uh, start CPR, add an AED. You know, DeMar Hamlin, bless his heart, he had the perfect scenario right. for that happening. I mean, and thank goodness he's alive and doing well. Uh, but our kids don't stop being athletes when they go home. Right. Uh, the only way we're going to really get to the place where we are is, to, is preventative care. And uh, seriously, we can we – can, uh, I've got one little foundation in Texas that's screening up 40% of the state right now. Wow. And uh, it can be done. Yeah. Uh, just a uh, little bit of effort, a little bit of asking, and uh, understanding what it can mean. And trust me, you don't want to know what I know.
2: Well, and the thing is, you're able to get the message out. And, you, you know, you're teaming up with Randy. Randy's here on Radio Row. We're able to go to different station to station to station and tell this message. And so, Randy, you're I mean, you're really helping open up the door. Well, I hope so. You know,
5: I knew Cody. Uh, Cody, uh, Scott's been a good friend of mine. We coached Little League together, you know, so I knew these children. And uh, it it affected me, you know. Right, yeah. And – Scott does such a great job. It's a life-saving thing that that's going on here. You know, but here's the sad thing. It took seven years for him to get this law passed wow. in Texas. Yeah. And it's such a crucial thing for our children. Why would it take seven years? You right. Know? So I, I don't want to see that repeated in every state. And, they're, you know, there are uh, advocates in every state trying mm-hmm. to get this thing passed. And uh, Like he said, it's our most uh our most precious commodities, our children. I was
2: about to say, as they should, right? They, every every state should pass it. it should be a no brainer. No brainer, right? Well, I mean, wouldn't we want to make sure we take care and, and, and protect our kids? Right, protect our kids as much as possible. Wow. That's what I believe. It's I'll incredible. Promise. It's incredible, and and I appreciate you sharing your story. And I know it's not easy. It's it's definitely not. You know, as a as a father of a young man who lost his life in a car accident, I know. You know, I live with it every day. Right. And but I feel like it's my responsibility to tell the story, right? Rare, right. And right. so you're you're doing that and and helping prevent it before anything were to happen. Like and that. And it's not rare. You know, right.
6: The American Heart Association says we lose between seven thousand and twenty three thousand students under the age of 18 per year. Wow, sudden wow. Cardiac arrest.
2: That is amazing. That is, And those are eye-opening numbers that I had no idea about, right? And like I said, when we see it on the big stage, when you see it on Monday Night Football, then all of a sudden, okay, uh, we all open our eyes to it. It's real. It's, it's happening right yeah. there in front of our faces, and we just didn't know it.
6: Yeah, that young man went from full NFL strength to yeah. making a play to just dead. Right. When they say sudden cardiac arrest, it's sudden. Yeah. So we, we need to get ahead of it and – find these problems before they happen
5: and scott says whenever that happens you've got six minutes to right. revive somebody you know and that's you know that's a, a lot of times there's not uh enough medical staff or the appropriate right. medical uh facilities on these high school fields everywhere so and if we can catch it early and know that something we can fix right that's that's life saving.
2: Yeah, I mean on the NFL field you're gonna have those doctors and that's not even gonna prevent everything, but you'll have those doctors, you'll have the medical equipment that you need on hand and, and be able to maximize that six minutes. But on a you know, a high school football field, what are you gonna yeah, get? Yeah. Some trainers? Right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean well, I've been a, I've been on the sideline and, and There's, 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 you know, it's not like it is in the NFL field. No,
6: not at all. And they, they, the trainers do a wonderful job and they they do, they've got a hard job and Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of resources. They need more, more AEDs. They need more uh, people that know how to do CPR. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in Texas. We have a law that says you don't graduate from high school without knowing how to do CPR. Really? Uh, but there's no teeth in the law, so if the school doesn't do it, they don't do it. Uh, you know? but yeah. The law exists, and yeah. it exists for a reason.
2: Right, right. No, and, and that's something, again, I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. Keep going back to the Demar Hamlin situation, but I remember talking to a few doctors, and they said it's easy to learn how to do CPR. No, yeah. Oh, it you is. Know? Yeah. You know, it doesn't take that much effort And an AED
6: will walk you through the steps, so don't be afraid to pull that AED off the wall and put it on somebody's ch- it will tell you what to do. It won't administer a shock unless right. it's needed. So there's no need to be afraid of it.
2: So it's Cody Foundation, Cody, Cody Stevens Foundation, excuse me, .org. And uh,
6: Stevens is spelled with a P-H.
2: There you go. There you go. So what else can people do to get involved? Just
6: Well, I want to see this law passed in every state. Right. So I'm hoping that some of your state legislatures are listing and look up Cody's law in Texas. Mm-hmm. Just Google it. Uh, It's a great law that needs to be in every state and and protect our number one commodity. Our kids. We've got to do it before their event occurs.
2: I I agree, one hundred percent. And I think Randy, you're doing fantastic work. You always have a fantastic uh, testimony to share, regardless. You know, if it's uh, something that's affected you one hundred percent, or if it's you know a situation like this that also affects you one hundred percent, but you know, not not necessarily you uh, in particular. So uh, I love the fact that you're opening doors as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's Randy Grimes, and uh, we're we're here. CodyStevensFoundation.org, Check it out, man. Uh, Definitely, it's important. that we really need to, to take advantage of and I, I appreciate you guys sharing the story
5: hey and check out pro athletes in also yeah. and my book
2: S- sell my book for me man <laughs> off center <laughs> my guy right there jared is is always on he's always asking about your book he's always this- off center the book.com there it is randy grimes thank you so much for thank you. I appreciate you, you very much there he goes randy grimes uh it's good to catch up with that guy he he every single year has uh, you know, he's out here, and it, it's funny. It's one of the the radio row regulars, but uh, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. So I thought that that was a good uh, message, and, and him opening up the doors and helping um, my guy walk through and, and talk about you know Cody Stevens, his son, who uh, obviously passed away, and so uh, I thought that that was a, a a nice little story that he was able to tell and and talk about how people can get involved and uh, you know, learn CPR. And again, we had that Demar Hamlin situation. We had multiple doctors on. Multiple people on saying, you know, hey, you learn how to do CPR, you can save someone's life. You don't have much time when cardiac arrest happens. So uh, I thought that that was really cool. So really busy day. Really busy day that we had today, but a fun day. Uh, even though we had, we were told a bunch of no's. You know, you're going to get more no's and you're going to get yeses. That's okay. It's part of the chase, and uh, we like to have the chase. So uh, everyone did a fantastic job. Definitely appreciate them. Bobby Machado, holding it down in the home studio. We appreciate you as well as always with your fine work, my man. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow doing the same thing. So make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. JT the Brick, and then ourselves here on Red Nation Radio 920. Yeah, yeah, yeah.